On today's episode, I spoke with Noah and Sean, two travelers who have been doing a little bit of van life across the country. The two are originally from Oregon, but I met them in our travels in Austin, Texas, as Sean's pursuing comedy. On the episode, we talk about some fringe topics, some topics that made me personally uncomfortable because, as you'll hear Noah talk, it went against what I believe is my intuition. But at the core of the conversation is, God, overwhelming kindness, especially from Noah, where if I were to hold everyone in the compassion that she holds everyone in, I would be able to handle almost any conversation and never lose my cool and never cease to, to stop understanding how someone's upbringing can impact their judgment. The two of them reminded me that being skeptical is okay and is just one of the stopping points on the journey to the road to truth. I hope you enjoy. Kind regards, Nick. A little closer. It even sounds better. All right. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you can, if you want to, like, you can... Do you want to grab your other mic? The thing is, I can't have... You can't have two. Yeah, I yeah. see. It should oh, be I've fine. used I've these before. Those yeah. are great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is free interviews. I'm Nick Corey. Uh, this episode's a little different, because normally I just post up on the street, but uh, this time... We're in an alley. We're in an alley. We're in an alleyway. <laughs> and I found two people who had kind of been hanging out a little bit while I've been in Austin, and uh, I couldn't miss this opportunity. Here we are. <laughs> um, so... Tell me about y- yourself, guys. Well, I'm Sean Ryan. I'm a fellow stand-up comedian. Hell yeah. I've been doing it for about three years. We're both from Oregon. It's my partner. I'm Noah. <laughs> I'm an artist, and I do lots of things. I just finished um, a year-long Green Witch program where I learned all sorts of things about herbalism and Your cat's walking rituals. if you want to grab them. <laughs> and we're with our cat Fig, <laughs> who is oh yeah he does want to go inside. So he greets a little Siamese. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's a green witch. It and was that's with um a a woman named Yaya Aaron Rivera Merriman, mm. and it's called Medicine Mandala, and it's going through a bit of a change right now. So there's not another program, but it's basically a year long, intensive training in. Um, all sorts of ancestral nutrition, and different body practices, different okay. breath work practices. Um, it's a very, um, it's it's based in the wise woman tradition. So there's sure. a, a really foundational herbalist named Susan Weed, who basically established this tradition called the wise woman tradition, which is, it's all about um, using the the little weeds and the little flowers and and the common plants to nourish the body. Uh-huh. So, it's what, what are some com- what can common weeds do? So, dandelion is uh-huh. a great one, right? It grows yeah. everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, it's edible. Yeah. It has astringent properties, so it's tonifying. It detoxes the body. Okay. It can be really good. The root is really good for stress relief and nervous mm-hmm. system re- support. Um, another great one that's growing right now is chickweed, which is an amazing cooling herb. So I've heard all sorts of uh, wonderful stories about it being used for irritated eyes and mm. children. Um, it can reduce fever. And that's something that if you see it on the ground, you can just 
pick it and nibble a little bit of it mm. and it's really good for you how how easy is it to confuse some of the, some of these things or some other herbalist type plants for poisonous things it's, I, your cat, by the yeah. way your cat's kind of walking that way i oh, don't know thanks. if you care but. it's it's very <laughs> it's easy when you take the time yeah. so uh, a big practice within this tradition is to become very intimate with the plants mm. and it, it's a lot of it is based on your intuition okay so when you are walking around a forest there's different protocol that you can use to um, kind of communicate with the plant there are certain things that if you if you look for you know if um, berries yeah dark red berries white berries not really not they're not things that you want to <laughs> that you want to put so like a, a great way to test is um, you can take a little bit of it and you smell it uh-huh. and kind of go with your gut instinct if Whoa. you want to put it in your mouth we were just nibbling on some cleavers the other day and when you pick it up there's a very instinctual like you want to put it in your mouth Whoa. you salivate a little bit it looks edible that's it looks interesting tasty. yeah so it's about becoming really sensitive um, and of course, there's so much wonderful rhetoric on yeah. herbalism. To That's teach interesting because I was doing some hiking the other day, mm-hmm. and I definitely saw some bright red berries. And mm-hmm. I probably learned like don't eat bright red right. berries at some point. But I definitely had like that thought where it was like, those look like pretty mm-hmm. but like not necessarily mm-hmm. edible. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. an interest. So like if you had, if you're speaking to your intuition, would you? If you even have a thought of like maybe not, is that your intuition saying? Yeah, no, definitely. Don't even risk your definitely. Risk it. And if you and if you have like a pretty conflicting feeling, a great way to do to there's kind of like a, a set a series of tests that you can do if you were yeah if you were out in the wilderness, um, if you picked one of those berries and first you smelled it mm. and you were like okay still kind of not sure then you could put a little bit on a sensitive area of the skin like the oh. inside of the wrist wait five minutes uh-huh. see if you have a reaction and then next you could if you don't have a reaction you could put a little to the tip of your tongue wait five minutes and have and see if you have a reaction and then if you're still good then you could chew it uh-huh. and then when you chew it all the way usually by the end of your mouthful you'll know whether or not you want to spit it out oh or you want to swallow it. Whoa. What a better spit it out, too. <laughs> what an interesting way of also eating, too, because it's very, yeah. like, kind of present. Yes. You're yes. very aware of what you're putting into yes, your body. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which is, I wonder how, we, like, if we, if we were, like, if we found Cheez-Its in nature or something, mm-hmm. if we'd be, like, we do the same thing and be, like, this doesn't feel good or mm-hmm. something, you know, this, mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah. Oh, God. I'm trying to eat less of that crap. <laughs> Less cheese. Not even cheese. It's just like all yeah. that processed stuff. Processed you know? food. Yeah. That's a huge, huge uh, factor of this whole tradition as well is, is, you know, eating a lot of bone broths and mm. gut healing foods. So mm. fermented you said gut foods. Healing food. is that yeah. You said? yeah. Yeah. Gut so health is huge. I focusing hear. on probiotics, high mm-hmm. fats, really mm. a lot of fats. Like we had these big gatherings for the program and the meals were like goat meat with homemade like hand ground masa tortillas and like really intense ghee with right. with calendula in it and ghee everything. is fermented right um, or something I, or, or I, maybe i'm thinking clarified of something else. so you can wait make ghee is fat right ghee is is butter yeah. that has been boiled so okay. you could actually make it like if you got a pound of butter you could boil it and after it reaches a certain temperature, it's kind of like, do you know when you temper chocolate? You know how Is you can this melting it? When you melt the no, chocolate, <laughs> you know when a, cho- a chocolate bar snaps? Yeah. So that's, it's it's a process of 
heating it and cooling it, heating it and cooling it to form a specific crystalline structure within oh. the chocolate. And it snaps. And it's kind of the same thing with ghee, where it's a process of refining the butter. Mm. I don't know the exact science behind it, That's but cool. I do know that it's like a very condensed, high-fat form of butter. Interesting. So it's just all fatty stuff. So eggs. Eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Rabbit meat, goat meat, organ meat. Would you? So would you? What were you gonna say? The bone broth. Once you introduce that to me, that can like change my life. <laughs> so like, what? Like, would you make your own bone broth, or is this like? Yeah. So, okay. You just buy like the chickens with the bones at the store or wherever yeah, yeah, you yeah. get them, really, and then you know the whole Pasteur- process. Yeah, pasteurized, yeah. and then you would chop it up with all sorts of mushrooms and root vegetables. So it's kind of like making ends um, of vegetables, the marrow. You yeah. want all yeah, the nasty yeah, yeah, bits yeah, yeah, yeah. with a little bit of vinegar yeah. and then oh. that will radically change your what life. Is <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, witchcraft. <laughs> it's so funny that like witchcraft is also just like, na- like <laughs> the word witch right. is like this. It's kind of like, I was talking about this another time, ignorant. They're just, they're not good terms, but they don't necessarily mean bad things. Like, right. which it could also be right. very natural. Right. Unless you're thinking of like the right. little bit bitch. Well, it's, it's movie, kind of know, like the term conspiracy theorist, how it's a fabricated term mm. that was created for a specific purpose to divert attention away from the Kennedy assassination. The w- the term witch. Is that the first uh, time uh, conspiracy yes. theory was yeah. kind of coined? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it was a, it was a CIA term. It was a, I can't remember the name of the project that the CIA did at that time. It wasn't part of a project. N- there wasn't there that disinformation project that came Well, out? what happened was after 2001, the Freedom of Information Act, all this like paperwork came out, like yeah. released, like stuff that was classified at the time. And what they found back then in the 60s was the CIA had a program where they were, if anybody had a narrative that was counter to what their official story was, mm. then it was to like demonize them, and they coined the term conspiracy theorist. That was the first time it's ever been documented. Yeah, and people didn't know that for like four decades. They had just kind of like been out there, and then mm-hmm. they found out the source was actually the CIA behind that. Kennedy. Not behind, but behind the narrative of like oh. if anybody writes a book I get or you. anything, I get you. it's like char- okay. character assassination, basically. It's only, what's that called? Defamation kind. Of. It's yeah. like defamation of their sort story of, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. anything that conflicts with whatever, the, and the story's kind of crazy. Yeah. So it's like if anybody's just like, well, I don't believe that, then they said we'll call them a conspiracy theorist. Mm. It's like no one believes theories. <laughs> well, you know. Y- well, the term yeah. witch is interesting because there was a period in um, pre-colonial England called. Uh, it was it was this era of time called the desecration of the commons, and it was the first time that the landowning class had introduced um, hedges and walls, and like so literally hedges, literally like walls. So before the land was commonly owned, yeah. because the pre-Christian Europeans were tribal people. Gotcha. So when the church came in and said the kingdom is now this is now the the ownership of the parish. Yeah. And they they put up these walls, and that was kind of the beginning of the term witch when these people were living outside of the hedges. The Uh, term hedge witch came into use. Interesting. And so it was a common person who was not really abiding by this new system of land Mm. ownership and this kind of like federation or codified law where before the laws were very much the laws of nature that was what the people abided by so it's interesting to see these terms and they have purpose now well i love how things get their history like and like why certain things exist based on certain sorts of uh, moments in history and like well this is why we do this and it's just like such a commonplace thought we don't even think about it later yeah yeah like witch yeah actually, yeah well y- you know what's also interesting is i've been really we had a really interesting conversation the other night mm-hmm. and i'm really interested by the fact of 
things that sound crazy in the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can eventually become commonplace. And like yeah. I'm thinking of things like Copernicus, Galileo, stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? And like you're yeah. literally like you're uh, what's it, heretic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm also thinking of things. I was reading a book where I was talking about how crazy it sounds to have like a fecal transfusion, right? Where it's like if you have bad mm-hmm. gut health, you mm-hmm. can have like a fecal transfusion, and yeah. then it, it like literally gives you good bacteria and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. literally, that's like a bad marketing thing, right? Because no one wants mm. poop inserted into them. <laughs> that sounds gross. Yeah. But in 10 years or even mm. now, like it's becoming much more normalized. Yeah. And so it's just such an interesting thing yeah. that even that, that heretic stuff still happens today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to deal with that because <laughs> it's more just like you arm yourself with information, right? With published documents yeah. and then understand who's publishing them and understand yeah. it's 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 a lot there's to a learn. lot of that yeah because you need information but then like the intuition always comes in yeah. too because it's like there's so much like in the information information age there's there's a big problem with like half truths mm. where people get like enough things that are true and they're like okay now i got this but it's like but if it doesn't ring true on the inside that's what we were talking about the other day like what sin is yeah. like what do you think like sin really is yeah 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 and we're j- and what we came up with is that it's like if you know something to be wrong or like crosses your own integrity and you right. can, you do something you know not to be fully true yeah I think that's what we. But sin could be different for each person, though, exactly, right? Yeah. Because you all yeah. have different. I mean, like. By the, yeah, by that definition, then it is because it's relative. according to, it's according to what you know to be true. Well, I think this that same thing is, um, it comes back to this tradition. It's it's very holographic because mm. that same lesson of how do I know if a plant is edible or not, if if I eat it and mm. it makes me sick then that's a good indication that it's not edible, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's true. Right, right. Right. You don't have yeah. to like, prove that to other people. Right. But it usually works. In the, but some, then you have like allergies. Some people are allergic to some plants and some people can eat other things. So yeah. it's like you have to know it's true for you. And I think that comes from like knowing yourself. Once you like know who you are. Right. And then you can take on information. And then you can like sort through what's true and what's not true. Right, right. It's important to, f- to follow your value system and it we consume information just like we consume food just mm. like we consume water but Stimulus. we we have to be aware there's so many images like one thing that i did before we began our journey mm-hmm. was i canceled my cell phone so i haven't had any social media for about cool. a year now and it's amazing the clarity of mind that has developed from that. Not that I was necessarily using it in a bad way. I wasn't feeling like I was getting triggered on it. Mm. I just didn't like that I was consuming information outside of myself that was impacting my view of reality mm-hmm. to such a degree. Mm. To such a degree that I wanted to be placed I wanted to be somewhere other than where I was. Right. And so to me, that information was causing illness in my body illness in my mind Mm. so I think that's a really good metric where if what you're consuming causes your body to be become in a in a sympathetic elevated state where your breathing becomes shallow or your eyes are darting around or you feel nervous or afraid or unsafe Hmm. if there's information coming into your sphere that's causing a negative reaction in you then it's good to just be skeptical of that information because that fear is is purposeful Mm. but it's when we're in the fear is best engaged when we're in a in a situation where there's an immediate danger right right and that's why we have anxiety mm -hmm, right it's a mm -hmm. help us deal with 
things with Yeah, there's uh, a purpose danger. for it, but I feel like there's a lot of like corporate interest in manipulating anxiety and fear and keeping people mm. in a per- perpetual state of like, oh, mm. worry about the future, so you have to buy this product or right. this product will relieve anxiety or relieve yeah. this. But all the anxiety is really self-induced and it causes a dis-ease, which is like where disease comes from, of just like not when you're not in harmony with your body, mm. that's what causes the disease. Mm. A lot of sickness and shit. <laughs> but it's interesting because it's so it's all relative, you yeah. know? And it, it really, what I keep coming back to over and over again in my studies, in my travels, in my conversations, is that the most important thing is to have a set of values, mm. have something that you resonate with as true, like for me, what's true is that I love the little weeds mm. and I love the rivers and the nature and that's what I worship. And that's mm-hmm. what I, that's what's real and true and, and brings me into a state of joy and bliss. Sure. So that's what I trust. And when there's things that desecrate that or that tell me that that's not living and that's not true. Right. That's what, or that I shouldn't yeah, value yeah, that. It goes against your Then that's when of. it's like, okay, well, th- now it's time for me to have integrity and stand up for what I believe in and, and yeah. be, just be authentic with myself. Yeah. Because it's yeah. when we doubt ourselves or when we're in confusion that it spirals. Hmm. that's like kind of what we came back to is like whenever you you know something to be wrong but then you cross yourself and do it anyways and it's like oh and that feeling uh-huh. i think that's what i think religion kind of got so like inverted and i mean it got hijacked you know and it was just a way of controlling people to be right. like oh confess all your sins to this high priest and then you'll be allowed to go to heaven and it all got corrupted yeah yeah but the original thing is just like you do bad stuff and you feel bad about it <laughs> like huh. that's the pun that's like hell enough yeah no i mean that's why i i mean i again i'm we're all figuring it out but i'm figuring yeah. out what i believe yeah. in and stuff still and and so is my grandmother which is like it blows my mind that type of stuff yeah. um <laughs> gives you some hope though too because it's like yeah, we're, it does we're never i know it gives you comfort it, really. it gives yeah. you comfort and it teaches you to be well if she's still worrying about it then why yeah. should i worry about it right yeah. because i might as well if i can take a lesson from that mm-hmm. i can be more present and not yeah, worry about it but yeah. i'm very much and i think you probably might see this too like this can either be our hell or heaven right mm-hmm. now, right? So we might as well make it it's our heaven as most as possible. It's a frame of mind. I mean, yeah. I learned that too in in philo- like uh, religious philosophy, like mm-hmm. that they were saying like heaven isn't a place, like it's yeah. it's a state of being. And so if it's yeah. a state of being, then it's also right now, right? Yeah. Of course, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big proponent of it's all your choice. So it right. is like you create your own hell or you create your own heaven. But it's mm. like we're still creators, like we're still dreaming the dream. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> You get to make whatever you want. And if you're taking in information of like, oh, the world sucks and everything's out to get us and it's all going downhill and, you know, it's like, well, then you can make it that. Or you can be like, well, we can just get a van and travel and see all the beautiful places that are still around. That's right. <laughs> so right now you guys are traveling in a van cross mm-hmm. country. Yeah, that GMC Savannah, The GMC. <laughs> Do you ever see the, uh, I think it's called Vannon or something. It was some like little documentary on uh, Amazon. Vannon? I think Vannon. Yeah, uh-huh. Vannon. I haven't seen it. It's fun, goofy, some goofy, fun characters. Yeah. I think they like they meet up everywhere, like once every year, uh, once every three years, or whatever. And we've I think met this one was some, we met some cool people that are yeah. kind of doing it of all ages too, like some yeah. older dudes, some just like young people. Mm. It's weirder because like the younger people have like really nice vans. I know. Well, th- that is with the like two hundred thousand dollars Sprinter vans. Are like, what? <laughs> yeah. I. It was funny. I did meet someone who had a Sprinter van, but it was like a two thousand six or something, mm, and okay. it was they got it for they said maybe three grand or something. That's or maybe, awesome. wait, you, That's yours awesome. was. Three. Yeah, ours was Sorry, about three. Sorry, not to like, <laughs> we, yeah, can, we yeah. can cut it out if we want. Um, 
but uh, maybe it wasn't three, but it was definitely like they were like, mm-hmm. if you're looking More to affordable. spy, like spend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, and I don't know if I told. Did I tell you? I think I did. That I want. I was interested in doing a mm-hmm. box truck. Yeah. And that one would have come to about like that truck alone would have been yeah. seven to like nine thousand. Yeah. Which again is it's a lot for something that's that was a 2006 tr- truck mm-hmm. so like that's that's a lot yeah. what what year is yours 98 98 so yeah. i mean yeah it's almost Even as old so. as us yeah how Jeez. many uh miles are on it so far 160 162 <laughs> yeah we put we got it at like 160 and we put a few and did they tell you that. like what it can go to normally or did you oh, it's well, well maintained it's those gmc's my mom has a, a 1996 chevy tahoe which is a pretty comparable engine make and model and everything mm. And that vehicle is at like 240 right now, mm. and it's just kicking Fuck like yeah. a boss. So, I mean, and it's crazy what like I. It always seems like it's more miles to get to a place mm-hmm. when you think about how far like Oregon mm-hmm. is from here or mm-hmm. something. And you're like, and then you look at it and you're just like, it's really not that much. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's a drop in the bucket on your Texas, car. Texas is huge because we went yeah. through Arizona and New Mexico like. <laughs> in the amount of time it took us to get from like El Paso to here, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. What is that? Like four hours maybe. Yeah, it was maybe more, maybe less. From El Paso to here, it was like five. five. So like, it was like eight. It was Wait, eight. So how long, it was how far eight. does it take to go from New Mexico and or like from Arizona? New Mexico and Arizona was like eight hours. Each? It's like four hours Jeez. each to get across. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. But it was like eight in total to get across both states. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you guys take uh, turns driving? No. Just no, you no, mostly. No. Or yeah, just she. You mostly? <laughs> yeah. I I drove uh, across the country many many times when mm. I was in college mm. because I was going to school in Virginia and originally my mom was living in Tennessee okay so at first I was driving up and down like every two weeks uh it was just like an eight hour drive and then I drove across the country she moved to Oregon and then I drove that like multiple times mm. so I'm, and then I had a pretty big accident oh. about a year ago yeah and I just haven't really driven since then I, yeah so I had a friend whose nice. mom was like that it was yeah. just it's, it's a lot and like do you feel anxious and such if you're like um, in that situation no, I still like driving I just don't uh, Sean's just such a more level-headed <laughs> driver okay yeah cool. so there's it's like all of our yeah all yeah. of our most prized possessions in it so true, <laughs> like, true. Okay. what are some of your most prized possessions that you love traveling with I just, I didn't, I just brought books and clothes. Hell yeah. But that's it. I got my laptop. I got a couple. We got our cat. That's like my top that's priority. Your top, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like everything we love is right in there. But I don't know. I just spend my time like writing and stuff. So it's like we just go different places. Yeah. You meet, you don't need that much at this you point. You really don't. I know. No. My trouble with if like I van, I mean, I'm able to get rid of stuff, but mm-hmm. I have like 600, 600 records. So that's the that's one thing. So I need a definitely a temperature controlled yeah. Uh, van. Yeah. We yeah. had to leave behind some cool stuff. But, yeah. You but, know. I mean, this is only temporary, I imagine, right? I mean, it's like yeah. a temporary thing indefinitely, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then exactly. you're obviously able to, like, save a, a certain – you're sa- you're spending less, obviously, than yes. you would if you were living yes. in a house. We're floating some – we're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've, we've had, like, barely no money since the beginning, but yeah. we've been able to just, like, we're still alive, we're still alive, a little bit more, a little bit more, and we just, like – yeah, no with no rent and no yeah. – uh, Electricity or – Yeah. 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 Pro, we we have a propane stove, a propane heater. Mm. Uh, we have two five-gallon water jugs yep. that we fill up, and the gas tank. So in Texas, it costs about fifty bucks to fill the gas tank. Mm. Here, it costs like twenty bucks to fill our water, which was a lot more. And then it was fit. Uh, it was like five bucks in California, but okay. water just doesn't yeah. come. It's just not the same yeah, in Texas. I was say, and then like fifteen yeah. bucks for the propane. So that'll get us through like two weeks. Mm. 
maybe not the gas, but it's it's a lot less than traditional mm. rent, and then like a hundred or two hundred. Out as much either too, because we we make a lot of good like homemade. Hell she's yeah. an amazing cook. So cool. Like what? She yeah. Just oh, I mean, obviously you're cooking with roots yeah. and beautiful stuff yeah. from the earth, yeah. right? And it's all so good and healthy too. We haven't been sick really. That's awesome. Are you able yeah. to prep and stuff, or like, is it pretty much start from scratch every time? It's pretty smushed. Like, mm. it's I don't really prep anything. It's mm. we just eat simple tacos, omelets, things mm. that you can mm. kind of just make in uh, one pot. I made this yeah. like one yeah. pot enchilada yeah. nice. dish that was pretty good. Some pastas. Hell yeah. I was gluten free for a long time, and then my issues kind of went away. Okay. So it's been nice. To so eat, you've been like, like limited sandwiches. gluten now, like tortillas yeah. and yeah, and such. we like sandwiches and pasta every once in a while. Yeah, it's we've been figuring it out. That's cool. Yeah, what's been the hardest, uh, like I guess, adaptation? Hmm. Yeah, yeah what do you guys? What do you guys do normally? Place to shit or shower. <laughs> 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 it's not the best. We get we just get hot water from like gas stations. We mm. just do like face washes. We yeah. got a bunch of like baby wipes. Yeah. Do fairly well. Like I showered at my cousin's house. Like we stop at family wherever we can. Yeah, yeah. We found some mineral baths, Ooh. and there's been we've been able to consistently shower like once a week with like I I do a lot of dry brushing and yeah. oiling. Yeah. And there's ways to stay pretty clean yeah, feeling. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've not smelled anything once, so yeah. you don't smell yeah. at all. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's yeah, not, no. I mean, that's this whole showering thing is I yeah. I, at I'm least with you. daily. I don't get like unless you're working out every day because yeah. I used to play basketball. It's a luxury. All the time. It really is. Yeah. It really is. And I was taking like two showers a day, like yeah. when I was in high school and shit. But now <laughs> it's like I just go like a week and a half. And yeah. It's like we don't smell bad. Like I've never been. Your van also video. doesn't smell, so you must have really good yeah, ventilation. Yeah, we keep as well. it really clean. Yeah. I'm a pretty naturally clean person, True. and it's been you know you just it's we've slowed down a lot. Like mm. it, we're usually not able to up and leave our like home base until around 11 in the day because it we just go slow i have a morning mm. practices yeah. we have a nice breakfast we have coffee we yeah. write a little bit we cool. just kind of relax with the cat yeah and you're a musician yeah. right yeah. it sounds like yeah, yeah. I, mean. I mean it's it sounded like earlier not right yeah. now <laughs> but we maybe we can record some guitar and put it under oh, this at some fun. point yeah, totally. um ooh, maybe at the end today yeah, she does a lot she's a cool of all trades. do you play multiple instruments um, I play violin, Ooh, and cool. I've been playing guitar for a long time, but I'm I'm kind of, like, disabled with a guitar because I have really small hands. Mm, and so mm. no matter how hard I try, there's just certain things that it's hard. Ooh. Yeah, but I have a harp, and, and I play piano a bit. Would so. you be able to play? That was sad. Well, oh, yeah. The harp, I wanted to take that. Would you be able to play an auto harp? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's the same tuning or I don't whatever, know. but they sound it's cool. It's very simple. The, the, the harp I have is a tiny little baby one so it's just kind of like a liar (laughs) (laughs) for my fairy songs that's fun that's fun very Um, cool what uh what sort of music you've been listening to are you how do you listen to music in a van is it possible we got a cool speaker she had a bose wireless speaker and uh we have this one phone still that we've been sharing so she has a spotify account she used to dj a radio station so she's with got your vinyl or, or actually in college in gotcha, college gotcha. yeah cool. i did like a radio show what so sort of stuff would you play i played everything i like world music a lot i spent some time in brazil and i got really into like what's a um, brazilian music actually like, and there's yeah. samba and yeah. there's um bossa nova is uh, pretty pop- nova popular, popular. Yeah. yeah so i played world music um some oh, thank you some like yeah dig into all of this we got some delicious sweet bread. yes we have some pundulce here 
Um, we listened to some reggae, some like alternative music. We were listening to Joanna Newsom today. You I like Joanna Newsom? She's pretty badass. She uh-huh. she plays music uh, sh- with her harp. I thought you were gonna say she's pretty bad. No, she's pretty bad. <laughs> in spite of that, like great stuff. Yeah, no, she's cool. Just real music, you know. I'm a big fan of music that like doesn't get stuck in your head and music mm. that doesn't like cast really negative spells. Like I, I hate you. You treat <laughs> me so bad. I love you. Mm. I have a. I'm. I'm curious because you're very. You're. I mean, I think specifically you are very into natural things. Mm. How do you feel about like um. Uh, like synth music or or like more electronic, but if it has good character or so. I really like Little Dragon. I okay. think they're one of my favorite electronic groups. I like um, older Bjork, not so mm-hmm. much what she's doing now. It's kind of like weird transhumanist stuff. Um, there's There's been electronic groups that I've definitely enjoyed. I was a big fan of Death Cab for Cutie, and I liked, what's his name, Ben Gibb? Ben Gibbard, Ben Gibbard, I think, that, that, that name is his good. name. He did the Postal Service. I like some oh, of yeah. their early stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I took some cool music production classes in college where I got really into like the analog synths because that stuff is like that's physics. It's almost and it's also yeah. kind of natural too because it's like it's almost it's like cool. you're concocting of something. Like, it you know, is. You're, you're following a recipe almost. Mm-hmm. Especially when you say analog synth, it's, it's not like the plug-in ones, right? Like, like an old. Well, those ones are like the OGs. Yeah. But we played around with some Moog, just like mm. keyboard synths. We played around with a few different kind of like those same kind of like switchboard synths. But um <laughs> I don't know. It's it's weird. I just I I have a love-hate relationship with like popular music mm. at this point in time. Like I liked Billy I like I played Billie Eilish when her first single came out like really early on and then like pretty soon it became very evident that it was just like pure mind control music. I was just <laughs> like, oh, "Okay, I can't listen to this anymore." But they're so addicting and poppy, and they get stuck yeah. in your head, and yeah. you just, like, you get so high on it. It's, it's weird. interesting, though, because she, I mean, who knows how much marketing and advertising is, like, wi- like was um, behind, behind her it. Put, push, her, pers- yeah. her perspective of being like, you need to do this. Or exactly, all this push, right? exactly. Because also, she does seem like someone who, and I haven't met her, but she seems like someone who seems to have integrity and loves what she, like the music yeah like loves what she does a producer, yeah so that's they, cool, d- right? they do it together yeah there's no doubt that she's talented i think it's just interesting to see um the, uh, the i don't know the symbolism in popular music is very mm. strange to me mm. and some of the spells that it ca- it's kind of just goes back to that like what does it do when i consume it what does it make me do like i'm a i have a deep affinity for 21 Savage but I can't listen to it because when I'm listening to music that's talking about killing people and then I just feel weird and I have like pent up anger in me but Mm. when I'm listening to music that's a little more earthy or maybe like a little more rooted and and based in a world drum beat Mm. I feel a a much more whole Mm. you know what about you Sean yeah, I love Twenty One Savage. No, <laughs> I've had a weird childhood because I grew up with like such a. I was like the youngest out of all my family. Like my brothers were like in their twenties when I was okay. like a young kid. And okay. I had like older cousins, so like, like in the early two thousands, I was listening to like Eminem and Fifty Cent, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like also like the Beatles. Okay. So like I grew up more like the psychedelic. My parents were old too, so it was like a lot of older psychedelic gotcha, rock gotcha. with like alternative. West Coast, yeah, and then and then like West Coast gangster rap on top of it. So it's like this hodgepodge of like, I don't know. 
We listen to a lot of Beatles now. Were your parents uh, like teens in the 60s or the 70s? My or I guess 20-year-olds. Fuck, when both my parents were born in the 50s, so yeah, they were... So my dad was yeah, about so a teenager nice. in the 60s. That's cool. They're interesting, though, because they're like stereotypical boomers, yeah. but they're like, they weren't a part of any movement, you know? Yeah, they were just yeah, kind of yeah. like, they were just there, they had kids in the 80s, and then... Mm. Just interesting. Kinda, just kind of alive wow, and so floating. They had kids in the eighties, and they had you in like ninety six yeah, or something. Yeah, my oldest brother was born in wow. eighty, and I was born in ninety six. Wow. Yeah, what so was that like growing up with that? It was. It's weird because it's like I had two older siblings, and then I was an only child. But then both my parents remarried. Whoa, so like because there's a time when they're alone. Yeah, because so they were in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in college when I was like four and five, yeah. and my oldest wow. brother was already married. Wow. And so I was an uncle when I was nine. <laughs> That's when my brother had his That's first crazy. baby. But both my parents remarried, so I had um, step-siblings. Okay. So I had, like, these weird phases of, like, having siblings and then, like, being an only child. And mm-hmm. then, like, it was oh, just d- a lot of... they break up and then... Like, yeah, 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 a lot, I, of, a lot of divorces, well. a yeah. lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of comes that. and goes. But. That's a hard thing, too. I mean, I don't know, like, when did you start meeting your um, step-siblings? Like, at what age? I was, like, seven when my mom got remarried, and then, like, I was 11 when my dad got remarried. Mm. So then I had, like, five step-siblings between yeah. both of them. Yeah, 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 and yeah. then my mom got divorced again. Ugh, and then yeah. one of my stepsisters was on crack. <laughs> she got arrested. She oh. was on meth. Yeah. And then, so it was just, like, a lot of, like, I don't know. But it, it was a good thing because it opened me up to, like, the concept of, like, soul family instead of just, like, blood family, you know? Sure. Like, there's, like, a whole other connection of, like... Because there's some people in my family I don't really talk to. Some people have, like, let, like, I have an uncle that just, like, hates all of the siblings, my dad included, I guess. So, I don't know. Mm. He's just kind of in and out of the family. Just a lot of people are in and out. So, it's like, I've created my own family, sort yeah. of, of okay, like, finding good. people. So That's cool. I, yeah. I I guess I never really thought about that, but I, I guess I do that, too. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Ju- I mean, maybe it's just such a normal thing nowadays. It's like a way of healing, kind of, because well, you go yeah. through a lot of, like, family trauma, and you're like, yeah. what is a family? And then right. you're like, well, it's kind of a construct, but then, like, blood's a thing, but mm-hmm. then it's like for well, a while yeah. well it's interesting <laughs> i feel like we become it's just become the, this kind of natural families become more commonplace and that's why mm. maybe i don't think of it as much because mm. it's like yeah. i don't know i feel like you had this whole nu- maybe i don't know if nuclear family is the right word but like yeah. these kind of big families and then yeah. that definitely petered off and then yeah just kind of you yeah, l- you're looking for that connection that you maybe used to have and maybe because we're mm-hmm. animals or whatever yeah. we love we need that or something yeah i think there's definitely meaning in in the family unit yeah. no matter what i think that whatever the, that is the construct is like yeah they want to like push like a family is a boy a girl and uh and this and that but it's just like the love of the fit like just carrying on a lineage of like mm. carrying on ideals and passing right. it on and surviving right is and not just like being the blood like passing yeah. on you're yeah. passing on these movements yeah, yeah that's that's really interesting yeah because there's a lot of like especially in Oregon there's a lot of like hippie movements that have just like died off like people mm. that were all about like peace and love in the 60s and 70s have just kind of like retreated and it's like where are their kids like where's like the whole <sighs> yeah it's it's kind of who knew I wonder if there was ever any hippie kids like or hippie parents who had kids mm-hmm. and they're like screw you dad I'm gonna like yeah. get a capitalist job yeah, and I'm gonna yeah, yeah. work my I'm way I'm gonna be a and banker. like God bless them because if, if whatever's your truth that's, <laughs> that's your truth that's kind of what right? happened to me I had two parents so Sean's brother was born the same year as my mother so I we are the opposite so where he is the youngest by 13 and 16 years I'm the oldest by 13 and 16 wow. years so I have a six or a seven year old sister and a soon to be 10 year old sister right now and so we were very like hippie you know teenage single mom raising me all through my childhood Mm. and then 
teenagehood she got married to a someone that was former air force very straight laced that's my sister's dad and then we like went on a crazy adventure moved to tennessee opened a coffee shop and we very much like strayed completely from that like original deadhead mm. my dad's a glass blower Whoa, so he's cool. like yeah he's like a part of the snodgrass family that was just like old deadheads you know like yeah. og deadhead kind of like 90s wave and then i ended up going to like the most bougie conservative white bread college mm-hmm. kind of thinking that i was going to study business and journalism interesting so you know yeah. kind of okay so i we kind of it took about two generations to do that, but my grandma was like extremely hippie, like mm. wanted our family last name to be Ma'ana Ma'a and like mm. said her youngest son was born got by the sun and just like, just like all the way out. Yeah, conceived by the sun. And, um, and then, you know, 20, 40 years later. I'm going to Washington and Lee and just like, (laughs) it's just like frat culture and old Southern money. And, you know, it kind of took that to kind of bring me back around to this kind of earthy, hippie ideals. But it's it's just interesting how how people meet and how destinies intertwine. And, Mm. you know, did you have moments when you're in that kind of fratty life or that kind of college time? Where you, we were talking earlier about like it doesn't feel right from an intuition side. Mm-hmm. Like, did you were you aware that maybe something felt wrong about it, but maybe you were telling yourself to push it down, stuff totally, it down? Totally, totally. Well, when I first got to school, I like try I rushed in a sorority, and it was so interesting because right after call co- or right after high school, I had this like long hair Mm -hmm. and I cut it all off Mm -hmm. and so I had a really short pixie cut and I was like the only girl in the freshman class that had short hair so Mm -hmm. people made a lot of assumptions about me like right off the bat so it was interesting because like you know you jump into that new environment but from the get-go I kind of like I was wearing the vineyard vines and the Sperry's and the J crew but I was like not I didn't feel like it really ever gelled with me Mm -hmm. and then it was like a lot of depression and healing during that first year and then I kind of just discovered Buddhism and Thich Nhat Hanh and and then slowly but surely just like kept digging deeper and deeper into mysticism and religion and by the end I had kind of like I, I disaffiliated from the sorority and just kind of had become very independent by the end of it so mm. it was really through that process that there was so much of that of yeah. like I do not like the way you're drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not like the weird shit that you're doing for Rush. Yeah. I do not like the way you're treating each other. Yeah. I do not like the amount of cocaine and Adderall that you are using. Like, all of this just feels very wrong and very sad. And I see drunk girls walking home crying all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And dudes that look like they pissed on themselves. And you see it night after night after night. And it got so old so fast. Yeah. And, and it was a beautiful redirection for me and God bless all of those people. <laughs> They're probably going to run our country soon. <laughs> They're making mills at, at whatever Wells Fargo and JP Morgan. And that's fine. Yeah. But, um, it definitely was like necessary. I had a lot of illusions about it. Mm. So it was good to see the full thing come through, you know, what was <laughs> full what circle. Uh, yeah. What is, um, you mentioned it. Titnacha. What was it? What is it? You said it was Buddha- Titnaha. Yeah, Titnaha Han is a really wonderful um, meditation teacher. He's written many wonderful books, like um, No Mud, No Lotus is one of my favorites. And he wrote How to Love, How to Eat. I think How to Relax is one that I read of his early on. 
And um, it's very simple and it's very non-denominational. And um, I'm also a big fan of Tara Brock. She's just another mindfulness meditation teacher mm. who has a really strong foundation in psychology. And just through that, you know, it was it, meditating was more successful for me in eliminating my anxiety and depression, not eliminating it, but mm. definitely like De learning from it I, I learned a lot from being depressed and anxious and I made a lot of changes to my mm. life because of those feelings and it was not so much through counseling but it was very much through just sitting with myself self, and yeah, meditating and yeah and that's when yeah. things became really clear especially towards the end of school you know right that's interesting so what did you end up graduating with I graduated with a BA in philosophy cool. and a minor in film and visual culture. So oh. we didn't have a proper film minor, um, but it was kind of cool because I got to take art classes. Mm -hmm. I got to take philosophy classes. I got to take, oh, what else? All sorts of cool things for um, art history classes for that minor. And then I also graduated with a certificate of international immersion what because I went to a bunch of different countries when okay. I was in school. So it was like a very worldly education. I'm super grateful for it. And I didn't go into debt to do it, which <laughs> is like the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting thing of like, obviously there's all these setups and rules and, and, mm -hmm. and uh, debt that we find ourselves in. Totally. Yeah. And you can either fall into that or you can kind of play the system a little bit too like mm -hmm. it sounds like you maybe did that a little bit oh yeah is that it's an interesting thing because that might force you to go into a zone or whatever that you might not normally find yourself in right mm -hmm. because it like mm -hmm. you're kind of playing someone else's game yeah but you're is that a problem at all or like is that mm. how do you how do you feel we about that talking about that today though with mm -hmm. like like money is just resources like obviously you can use it to you can do anything with it <laughs> But if you use, it's just about your intent, really. Right. I mean, you can speak to it on on your own, but like going to school and have it because you you got scholarships, didn't you? Isn't that? Yeah, it? I got scholarships and partial aid. It was such a blessing. Like that that university really blessed me mm. in many ways, and it also confused me in a lot of ways because the culture was very unhealthy. Um, and, you know, universities are universities and there were weird things happening with Dominion Energy and Wells Fargo and strange deals being made that mm -hmm. impacted the students that were, you know, odd. And mm. it I, I had a lot of like hope and trust in it. And I also the essential doctrines of the community were things that aligned with my values. So, for example, every student that um, goes to that university, signs the white book. Uh -huh. And the white book is, um, it's a, it's a codification of your agreement to the student honor system, which is a student led, um, oh, how do I even explain it? Like a student led enforcement system. Yeah, so if, like somebody gets, yourself, yeah. if somebody gets in trouble, the deans don't handle it. If you are convicted, so an honor violation is anything that breaks the trust of the community, which is pretty vague, right? Yeah. That's pretty vague, but it's anything you said vague that- vague or big? Vague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's anything that, that dismantles the trust, like lying on a time card or cheating or yeah. um, stealing something yeah. on the property, um, you would get kicked out if you were convicted wow. of an honor violation. Wow. So as strange as the campus culture <laughs> was, there was this essential principle that like we're looking out for each other, we're wow. a community. So even with 
kind of like playing somebody else's game. I played it in the way that was the most authentic to my values. Mm. And ultimately, like I'm proud to carry that degree. Mm. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't like recommend that people go to school no matter what because mm. of that, mm. you know, because I do know a lot of people that were just funneled into wage slavery to pay yeah. off $300,000 of debt from that school because it was $75,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And that is very, very high for somebody That's to hard. right off the bat start yeah. out at 21, 22 yeah, with $300,000 yeah. of debt. And that's yeah. okay because they're, you know, everybody makes their own choices, but um, it just, it worked out for me. <laughs> and that's, I, I encourage people to look for those kind of things those yeah. kind of loopholes if you are yeah. going to make that decision yeah <laughs> what uh what, what was your uh college experience or like I kind of in stuff i just did community college in cool. my little hometown <laughs> i cool. did that for like a year and a half and then i started doing stand-up right because like i was in the middle school i had this weird i used to get really bad migraines uh-huh. my whole life and i had a really bad episode where i just blacked out and mm. i woke up in the icu mm. and i was just like it was like a real like wake up moment. Kind of, I was like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, do I just want to do community college? And then I started doing open mics after that for some reason. I just uh-huh. had like this calling to just do stand up, and then so I dropped out of school right after that. <laughs> cool. And I was just kind of doing. I was just working jobs in like restaurants, just like yeah. working in the kitchen or waiting yeah. and stuff, and just trying to. I don't know. I there was like, I have this weird sense of like clairvoyancy where I've always like at a young age I've kind of like been on a path or it's mm. like i don't really know where it's going right now at this moment but yeah. like it's all leading to something better yeah and it's kind of come true the last like year or two i've really kind of seen it like actually start to blossom so Hell yeah. i don't know i was just kind of drifting at that point but i was like i don't know i guess i'll just yeah. get caught somewhere and i ended uh-huh. up doing the right thing and just kind of investing in yeah yeah that was a big one that was a big one I just had such a different life before, and then it was just like, I don't know. You, there's a huge growth period between, like, 18 and 20, like, yeah, so exactly. rapid. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. J- I just see so many people. You're just, like, a different person in two, three years. And yeah. Yeah. I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now at this point in time, we have a lot of freedom, and that's really what. Without any debt. I'm glad. Yeah, I haven't acquired any debt. She hasn't either. Mm. We didn't do anything. I was just kind of living within my means. That's always how I've wanted to live. Is like yeah. if I can't afford it, I don't want to like overstretch. And I, I've always felt bad about owing people money. I've yeah. always had just like weird things about that. Like my mom offered to pay. I didn't have a good relationship with my mother, and mm. she offered to pay for my college. And I was like, no, I don't. It just didn't feel right doing that. Yeah. At the time, but yeah. I mean, I don't regret that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that we both. We, we share a very strong value of freedom and we have spent the last year planning and building and saving so that we could kind of enter this space mm. where we don't have to answer to someone every day and we can wake up and be really sovereign in our decision making for the day because we haven't accrued debt and we live very simply and we live within our means. Mm. And ultimately the goal is property. That's really, really what I'm like passionate about. A lot of land, like yeah. hundreds of acres, like yeah. basically as, as large of a parcel as we could possibly get with yeah. as little infrastructure as possible. Yeah. And we're both, we're both really interested in learning how to build um, Aircrete domes. What are those? 
It's this amazing material that is a mixture between a soaping agent or a foaming agent and concrete. Mm. And what it creates is an incredibly durable, ultra light, waterproof, fireproof, insect proof um, concrete, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can turn into any shape. It looks like a cinder block, like color. Like I'm kind of like picturing in my thing, head. Anyway. Is it kind of? Does it kind of look like um, those things? Th- those huts on Star Wars, yeah. you know, like in seen Luke's, Luke's, Luke's kind of home, kind of like yeah. that style. Okay. But they cool. they have framing, so you get the frame is like a dome shape, and then you pour the substance in, and it hardens. But like, there's there's some great videos we can. Oh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll we look it up. Like, yeah. But they take like a regular cinder block and they throw it on the ground. You know, it normally breaks, but yeah. you do it with like a smaller piece of air cream. It just it's so sturdy and so. Wow. It's and like obviously, probably uh, environmentally friendly, I imagine. Yes, and you can build it. F- you can build a full dome home customized with windows and everything for around ten grand. Wow. So our idea is let's find as big of a parcel of land as we can and then let's start constructing a community that is off grid as much as possible mm. so hydroelectric probably not solar because i don't really like solar yeah, but solar can unfortunately not be yeah. as uh, environmentally friendly but as we honestly, want it to be honestly uh, the the mindset that i'm in I would love to use oil lamps and I would love mm. to have a life where in the evening I light my Kiva and I light my oil lamps and mm. my candles and that's how I see in the nighttime. Mm. And mm. I use fire to cook and I use the sun to warm my shower. Very simple. And that like is, yeah. I'm okay with doing that. And, and so I think that's really the idea is this is a good practice to learn what do we really need? Yeah. What, what do we want? Mm. And the the message just keeps coming loud and clear, like we want to be as close to the earth as possible. Yeah, and now I don't I don't believe you guys are vegetarians or vegans, right? No. no. So would you no. consider having animals on those lands? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I'm really excited about doing goats, okay. rabbits. Because that's good for uh, clothes, right? Every I imagine. Yeah. 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 Lady makes great socks out of her alpaca farm. Uh-huh. Yeah, she She's got some yeah. makes everything. Yeah, That's interesting. It's, it's cool. You just start learning. Yeah, we we used to do all of that stuff, you know, well, and then it had yeah. meaning. Right. Well, I'm wondering technology too. I feel like like yeah. that's the higher part. Like a lot of people. Graham Hancock has a great book. Is the one that came out this year or last year that um Amer or. America before, yeah, where he breaks down like the whole history of like the ancient tribes that actually used to live in North America and mm. South America, like in the Amazon, and how they had the abilities of like telepathy, and you could like actually communicate to people across continents without being there. And like, there's a lot of like evidence for that too, which is really kind of. But, it's, but it's polluted because of like the infrastructure we have, like electricity. Sure. It's very like. Electricity pollutes the planet. Mm. And people don't really like see it like that. Like from a perspective, maybe energy pollution. Kind of from from a, okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Because it's just penetrating. Con- and there's a lot of sending in for and most yeah. of it's like radar. The problem is most of it's like military stuff, like sonar, like communicating with submarines at the bottom of the ocean uh-huh. to somewhere in New York. It's and like you radiate the entire planet just right. to make that connection. And is it? Um, an idea that it's kind of creating a block between us and other things, or is it a literal like? It's is a disruption. it radiation from a perspective of like we're talking like Hiroshima radiation? Like, is it a different sort of it's, radiation? It's, it is that type of radiation, but at a much lower consistent yeah. level. So like a here like a nuclear fallout is yeah. just like a huge amount of radiation in, in a tiny place. amount of time. Yeah. But this is like the opposite. It's right. very low. EMFs, but they've been gradually. It's like layers on top of layers on top of. Is layers, this so getting into the up. realm of like like the steel beams type thing? Or I don't really know much what about that. that. Well, it's like the five G type stuff or whatever. Is yeah. that like so? In, in this yeah. is another thing because I I understand like it kind of like brain 
farted me when I thought uh-huh. like wow Wi-Fi literally goes through us. Uh-huh, it <laughs> um, it's yeah. a very interesting thing. And not just but us, we, but the trees, the food we right. grow. It's, it's literally insects, everything. apparently. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's sorts of it. And, it like, does. we don't know. And that's the other thing. That's it's what's like, killing the bees, too. A lot of people don't yeah. know about the big bee die-offs. They mm. are electric. I mean, we're all electric beings, mm-hmm. and they communicate as, mm-hmm. like, when they go around of, like, what flowers we've been to and stuff. Yeah. They send out electric, yeah. electronics. Well, the Hidden yeah. Life of Trees is a great book that okay, talks a lot about the electricity. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. The Invisible Rainbow is the best book on electricity. And who are the people that are writing these? What are their kind uh, of Dr. Arthur Fist- Furstenberg or Fisten- Fist- Furstenberg, I think. He's a um, uh, he's like a medical doctor, but he's also a I forget what else he does. But mm. he's been studying. Uh, his book is the history of electricity, and he just talks about how like diabetes, heart disease, and cancer didn't exist before like the 1700s, and that's when people started doing like wiring. Is that like, is that legitimately true? Yeah, yeah. There was like three or four cases in North America once we founded it. Like wow. the after 1776, there was like four cases of influenza, like two cases of diabetes on the whole. So it, like it didn't exist even in London. It wasn't wow. like a real. It wasn't in any medical books. That's interesting. I feel like yeah. we don't. We think cancer has been around forever. Or maybe we we're taught it. It has not. It yeah. has absolutely not. But mm. if you think about it, cancer is so fascinating. Um, when you start thinking about the body, every organ is vibrating at a frequency mm. that causes the cohesion of those cells. Sure. So if you just if you think about it like a the color red, mm-hmm. right, is a vibration. Mm-hmm. The color green is a different vibration. So each of our organs has a sound, a mm-hmm. tone, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different practitioners in medical traditions and ancient medical traditions mm-hmm. that utilize sound frequencies to rebalance the harmony of the different organs. So you think about, I- it's very evident, <laughs> like for example, my, my uncle, uh, had skin cancer and he was going to get a scan for for cancer again and he had been talking on the phone on mm. the way and he had hot spots on the side of his face oh. from talking on the cell phone and it's it's just these subtle yet powerful vibrations i mean i've i've gotten headaches many times from your yeah, he- headphones yeah. and yeah. because it's radiating yeah. A specific part of the body in a specific way. And I know that when women were carrying their bras or their cell phones in, in their, their bras, bras, that more. was causing a lot of breast cancer for people wow. because the, the metal conducts the radiation yeah. that's pinging off of your cell phone. It's right. really simple when you think about it. And most <laughs> Dr. Joe, Dis- Joe Dispenza is a great person that talks about this as well. Of just the energetic nature of the body. Yeah. And if you think about the amount of pure radiation, every person in this area has Wi-Fi, has a cell phone, has yeah. AirPods, has yeah. Bluetooth, yeah, 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 yeah. has Bluetooth printers, fluorescent lights hooked up to their the the. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fluorescent. That's why fluorescent so bad. It's literally aluminum. Or That's why they say you shouldn't like if they break, yeah. like get the yeah. fuck out. Yeah, yeah. It's literally toxic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what a lot of it comes down to is the heavy metals in our body um, conduct these amount this this radiation that's mm. everywhere, and that's where you get the most ill populations is where there are people that have a poisoned water supply and a poisoned food supply. Mm. They have a lot of heavy metals in their body. It causes sterility. It causes cancer. It causes inflammation because all of these heavy metals, these toxins yeah. in the bodies, are being 
they're interacting with this amount of radiation yeah. in the air, in the ground. So is it kind? Yeah, is it kind of being like leached out almost? Kind of, it's being. If if mm. in this, I mean, I'm I'm pretty bad with medical. I'll also do a lot of research after this because it's very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, honestly, because I mean that's that's the thing where I mean we were talking about like some things sound crazy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is it's just because things haven't been shown a light on, and so like yeah. I'm always like nervous to accept things right from when I hear it. So like I obviously know you two are incredibly credible. Yeah. But like for myself, I just want to make sure. And I think yeah. you would like we all have to that's do that, how right? I, that's how I felt too. Yeah. Cool. I have a crazy brother that was telling me about like lizard people from <laughs> a different dimension coming yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. When I was like, I was like in my early twenties, I'm like, what is all this stuff? But then you like, you kind of have to like separate. You have to t always take it with a grain of salt, and yeah. then you have to like look into stuff. And then yeah. some of the stuff that's like mainstream, like mm. that's like quantum physics right now, is yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. Because yeah, like yeah. the stuff they're putting out is they say that everything doesn't touch. Like you do this, we're not touching anything. Like it's uh, that's mainstream. There was there was something I was listening to a Duncan Trussell episode, mm -hmm. and I forget exactly what it was, but it was essentially like he had this guy. I forget if it was I don't know who it was, mm -hmm. but he was essentially saying like instead of you feeling like what you're touching the chair, mm -hmm. if you're leaning on it, let's say, what are you instead feeling? Like you're feeling hard, but that's mm -hmm. not necessarily the chair. It's mm -hmm. just like this idea of like what mm -hmm. your body's perceiving or something. It's like this mm -hmm. super heady stuff, and I'm yeah. I'm not doing it any justice by explaining it. Yeah, but yeah, the, it, it, and yeah. that's. I mean, that's the all theoretical to a degree, right? I mean, that's like, like some sort of science crossed with philosophy. Yeah, yeah it of. is. It comes back to like ancient, like 10,000 year old religions where they said like nothing is actually here. This is like a hologram, basically. Yeah. But then that gets like diverted because people were like, oh, we just live in a computer simulation. That's, but it's like. So that idea yeah. of like a simulation has mm -hmm. kind of already always existed to yeah. a degree. Yeah. But Which is funny because they didn't call it that. Solipsism. But it's like a dream. You're the one. It's. I mean, it's interesting because it comes back over and over again to our individual perception and our individual experience. And it comes down to our will, is that our will is ultimately crafting our actions in this, whatever this realm is, right? Mm -hmm. And I, the place that I tend to go back to over and over again that feels very real and very true tend to be the mystics who lived very outside of society, hmm. were usually heretics of the church, were usually peasants. They were usually people that had very tantric practices that involved breathing and chanting and simple foods and meditations on food and water. Hmm. Uh, can you say, what? can you explain what that means a little bit more? Meditations on food and water? Like um, like mindfulness meditations where you would be ultra aware just, just to be conscious of the food that you're eating or that to eat food as a prayer. Yeah, or even just to, to, be, to be reflective of the food that you're eating, you know? Like when I've grown food in my life, when I've eaten a beet that I sowed the seed and I watered it and I pulled it and I chop it and I put it into my dish, my relationship to that piece of food is radically different and it nourishes my body in a different way because of my gratitude so the gratitude is actually a nourishing factor of eating so who like like um khalil gibran right is a yeah. great example and the prophet and the words of that book are so real and so true and i like a lot of Fra saint francis of azizi and rumi and who are some other agnostics or not agnostics um some other mystics <laughs> who's that one there's this amazing story of this woman um 
I can't remember her name, but she was a nun in like the 15th century. And she was a nun in a Catholic church. And when she would meditate, she would levitate. Hmm. And there's many, many accounts of other nuns, other priests walking in. Mm -hmm. And she's like filled with this bliss, this union with Jesus. Hmm. And she's literally levitating off the ground. Hmm. So there's, there's so many accounts of people like that that jim carrey movie they made fun of that scene the uh the pet detective or which one that is yeah he goes he goes ace venture he goes to the buddha temple and then he gets enlightened in like 20 minutes and he tries to find his monkeys and he's levitating in there and they it's like it's a pure mockery of that it's funny but but that stuff's real though yeah i mean i uh, that that that's interesting whatever that feeling is where it's like i don't know like my intuition says that's like kind of bullshit but who knows Uh if that's intuition uh, it's it's almost like yeah. but there is uh, I've seen that with um, what's it transcendental meditation as well right yeah. with like the flapping they call it or yeah. whatever you're essentially like you're like I've never seen it I've never seen it in person but I think I think that there are levels of the human existence <laughs> I that we're incredible being, if it was incredible. I think it is, I think we're being suppressed to some of the like like our full potential like yeah the capacity yeah. I mean human. do you think we'd find the capacity if we lived more in nature probably absolutely absolutely there's a series of books written by Carlos Castaneda that are pretty foundational in terms of like this one specific type of yaqui um, indigenous knowledge in Mexico and like northern Mexico and it's very interesting he he meets this um, essentially a shaman he calls himself a sorcerer mm. who is he lives out in the the desert with this group of dreamers mm. and they they have many interesting capacities and shape-shifting capacities <laughs> and it's all about the conservation of power and understanding your will and it's amazing because you'll read you know they're kind of fantastic stories and a lot of people treat them like science fiction but when you follow the advice that Don Juan is giving throughout the book when you really apply his wisdom mm. to your life about conserving energy and not being emotionally attached to things and contemplating your death, those tools ultimately create so much freedom in my life that it's like it doesn't really matter to me if it's real or not, Mm. if I can fly, because I do that in my dreams. Mm. I have a very (laughs) active dream life, right? So if I can dream that in one realm, then my perspective has experienced that, and it's not so important if I'm doing that on this planet, Ooh. it's just important that when I take responsibility for my own experience, I can choose exactly how magical and how meaningful I want it to become. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to that, that E-40 song. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite artist, E-40, that everybody's got choices. Uh-huh. It's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> But it is, it does come down to that because it is, I feel like we are the dreamer. Like it's, we can all agree, like people want to be like, is the earth round or flat? But it's like, Mm. we're we're in a realm. Mm. Okay. I haven't been outside. I haven't been to outer space, so I don't fucking know. (laughs) But we can all agree we're in a realm. And I've been to other realms where you dream or you can be in altered states or I've had acupuncture before where like you close your eyes and you're like, wait, am I awake? And you, they're like veils you can slip through. And I think death is just another portal. People think death is like the end, but it's like the birth portal and the death portal. It's all the same thing. You just yeah, return, yeah, yeah. and then there's just there's just cycles everywhere. Yeah. So I just feel like there's realms, and you kind of get to pick and choose. And people are it. It's like that Plato, wasn't it? Plato who has the that great thing of like, yeah, we're yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. 
one of it them. Was, but I think it was Plato's. Yeah, it was but Plato. I, f- I just feel like that is like where we're at right now in society, where people are just looking at shadows on the wall, yeah. and they think that's all that there is. But if you yeah. find the will to crawl out of the cave and mm. face the sun, mm. and then it's like, now what then? Now, now right. you're in a different place. Well, you know what's interesting? I, I feel like... Um, we keep building away from our bodies kind of like Mm -hmm. with technology, we're very much building Mm -hmm. outside of ourselves versus going in, you know? And I think it's probably because for whatever reason, humans have a capacity to want to get away from ourselves for some reason. I don't know what that is. Probably trauma. A lot of like induced early childhood trauma. So I was talking with the other people that I met uh, a couple days ago with this podcast Mm -hmm. and I had, I had some lunch with them today and they were talking about, you know, fascia, yeah, so they were talking about fashion, how, like, you can't... It's, do you know about it? I don't know what fashion is. So it's essentially, is, no. it's like... A, it's, it's a web yeah. network through the body that is connecting all the different muscles and the tendons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. And so, like, there's things where, like, you sometimes can't, like, necessarily, I guess, lift your arm up all the way or whatever, mm-hmm. and it can be tied to trauma, I guess, is mm-hmm. what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. then you, like, you're able to let release that, let's say, and then all of a sudden you can go higher yeah. or do something you wouldn't normally be able to yeah. do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love to... Yeah. I, I, if your commune has, has room, who knows? I might hit you yeah. up later. Well, we got <laughs> to get it first. Or a summer home. Or <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think we might be getting back into an agricultural society I think we sooner have to. than we think. We have to. I think there's both. I think there is, like what you're saying, people want to get away. They want to build. They want to have, like, the, f- the helmet on, yeah. like the Oculus. I mean, I love VR. I'm going to be yeah. honest. I do. Yeah. I think it's incredible. But, there's, but there's people going that way, and then there are people that are, like, getting off, getting on the off-ramp and, like, right. going the exact. So it's like society has, like, like a tug-of-war going on. Right. right now and it's interesting to see where who's going to give up first see, <laughs> my thing is like i'm very interested by the balance of it too though mm-hmm. and maybe that's not po- some might say it's not possible but i mean I think depending how much you if you live yourself if VR, you live you know? and you have good food you can have like structural communities like that but like why do we have the lights on all the time mm. why is wi-fi on all I the think, time i mean lights are on all the time because it's a sense of fear right yeah yeah that's there's yeah. a sense of fear I've, I remember we're scared of the dark we're scared because <laughs> bad things happen in the yes. dark right so yes. to say but, like, also, like, such good things can happen in the dark as of well as when, like, a course. lot of, like, nature also comes alive. So it's a of really int- – I've been trying to, like, yeah. change – and I'm someone who kind of, yeah. like, scares easy and mm-hmm. kind of just very jumpy and stuff. So the yeah. dark, like, just the idea of this unknown <laughs> definitely always got to It is the unknown, yeah. Yeah. Which I think everybody Which is why we don't that. like being with ourselves probably, right? Yeah. This is unknown inside of us yeah. and we want to get away from it sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think it uh, just it, – it's so interesting because all the problems of the world – I think, tend to come back to the fact that we've lost some certain values and wisdom and we've lost the capacity to move slowly because the dark becomes a lot less scary Mm. when you know how to move slowly. Mm. And so you can't can't speed rocket in a vehicle down the highway Mm. if you don't have lights on, Mm. but you can walk slowly and gingerly down a path and you can find your way. Mm. So I, I think there's... You know, like you mentioned earlier, this kind of we're we're running from ourselves. Mm. But from my understanding of somatic psychology and um, trauma informed care, a lot of it comes back to forgiveness, Mm. trust, Mm. compassion and reestablishing a sense of safety in the body, which neurologically looks like being in those deeper brain states that we enter when we do yoga nidra or we meditate. And the more that we do this over and over again, we can actually retrain our nervous system. And I'm someone that came from a very high energy, high triggered household Mm -hmm. where it's chaos after chaos after chaos. And my adulthood has very much been about 
learning how to breathe again, learning how to speak from my diaphragm again, learning how to slow my speech, learning how to slow my movements. And the more that I do that, and the more that I share that, the more that I just feel this sense of community nourishment. And my dream and my vision is that the dark won't be a scary thing in my community Mm -hmm. because we know each other, we we trust each other, we Mm -hmm. love each other. Mm -hmm. And when you have trust and love and faith in the goodness of your fellow humans, Mm then it eliminates a lot of that fear. And yeah. then we, we have a little bit more space to reckon with that existential fear, you know? Mm. Like we can't, people can't even get out of that fight or flight just walking down the street. Because so, so how do they like contemplate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because they yeah. have this poverty mentality. A lot of it is based on generation after generation mm. of food scarcity. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really simple. And when you feed people well, and when you have a slow society, then people heal and mm. people are nourished. And there's a lot more space and freedom to actually just enjoy the quality of beingness mm. that each of us came here to experience, mm. right? Like I think what we really, each of us comes here to experience ourself fully huh. because none of us is alike, right? Yeah. So you came here to experience what it's like for you to be Nick, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. In this yeah, body. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And 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 we only come into problems and conflict when we're trying to make other people do what we're doing. Right. And so can we coexist? Maybe as long as nobody I want to live on the land. Right. So as long as the government isn't coming in and trying to put Ethernet cables and smart meters on my land, then I don't have a problem. Right. But it's when they infringe upon my property. My grandmother lives on the pro on a on a big piece of property out in Southern Oregon. And the electrical company broke the lock on her gate while she was in Mexico. They broke the lock on her gate. They replaced her meter with a smart meter, which has an electronic signal other than just like the the standard meter that they used to use. She didn't want that on her house. And they literally broke the lock because they have property on that land. And so she didn't have rights to that. So that's when I become (laughs) that's when I'm angered and that's when I'm saying no this technology is going too far because now you're infringing on my right to just be yeah I and I get that and I also I also see the other side of it where it's like I wonder and this doesn't make it okay but I wonder if that meter is more energy efficient you know what I mean I don't know what if that's true but that's where my mind goes smart meters are like it's actually it's less energy efficient because yeah. it's more technology. It's less yeah. energy efficient, and it's just the pinging, like the signal, because there wasn't a signal coming to that yeah, house yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, now there's like a bombarding. Yeah. Okay, of like, I see. It's smart in that way. Gotcha. Of like radiation okay. coming out, because that's the yeah. thing about like 5G. It's not like 5G is like the end all. It's not gonna like kill everybody. Yeah. It's the same as everything else. It's like 3G when 3G came out, like when the iPhone first came out, and then they introduced 3G, the third generation. It was just it's a new, it's a higher level of. Um, of that vibrational yeah it's basically the speed of it and the size of the right. the milliwatt yeah, yeah, yeah. but then when 4g comes out 3g didn't go away so 3g still there and now there's 4g so now you add both yeah. and then we, so we're all radiating with these two levels and now 5g which is going to be more powerful is radiating like on top of all the others interesting so it's like it's like when they invented um like the hong kong flu of 55 uh-huh. it, that happened right after the u.s military started sending satellites up into space and sending signals all the way out to the stratosphere uh-huh. and sending them back down and then all these people got 
about this flu, and they're like, oh, let's just blame China. It was well, the U.S. Wait, military's wait, so, fault. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. How w- it wasn't part of some like animal. Or s- it's a flu, right? So how could mm-hmm. it be affected by waves? Exactly. So that's th- I got all this from that Invisible Rainbow book where okay. he talks about influenza wasn't. He says it's an electrical disease. Interesting. So influenza is caused. Same with. Yeah, same with with heart disease and diabetes because so when you eat food like yeah. if you consume sugar, yeah. your body process it, process it, you metabolize it, and it goes through all stuff. Sure. When you're radiated, this the um, powerhouse of the cell, the mitochondria. Mitochondria. I said does, this earlier today. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't work properly when you're radiated by sure. cell phones and stuff like that. Yeah. So then you don't fully produce the sugar. Some of it stays in your cell, and then you mutate it, and that's yeah. how you get diabetes, especially type two. Same thing with influenza, where you get flu like. Same thing with all this stuff. Yeah, mm. so it's your body's literally getting dumbed down by the ele- – you're getting bombarded with all these electronic fields. Yeah. Your heart is an electric – you have an electric field here. Your brain has a complete yeah. electric yeah, yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So any disruption of it is like – it yeah. does some real fuckery. It's, 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 it's absolutely not – it's funny that for whatever – It's not natural. It, well, you know, I was going to – yeah, no. It's, it's a paradigm-shifting understanding sure. of sickness in the body. Sure. So it's it's it can be challenging to even get into because it's yeah. it's such a wide it's so much science and so much research that right. has been very heavily suppressed and it's sensitive. real peer reviewed science too it's not yeah. like cuz a lot of stuff like mainstream science is like there's a lot of people that conflict the yeah. like theories mm. and those people are also suppressed but this mm. is like peer reviewed that's like actually in like scientific journals right that are saying that, like, yeah, plants die when they're by cell phone towers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I- and uh, again, I need to do a lot more research yeah. on this, but it's not far-fetched to con- to to think that something that has electrical impulses or some sort of radiation would affect us of either course. negatively or positively, of whatever, course. whatever way. So it, it is interesting that so many people are, are quick to say, like, five G, that's, that's, that's insane, you know. Instead of that, I don't know. Just do a. Re- I don't. It's really just hard. Just be yeah. open minded. Be open minded. Just consider yeah. that Con- maybe yeah. AT and T, the <laughs> same company that's company. providing all of the this um, that's basically fueling everybody's cell phone addiction. Yeah. Let's just for a second maybe be skeptical that for perhaps they don't have the most benevolent. And they definitely, Purpose, I mean, they, you know? they, uh, as uh, this is something I can talk about where it's like, I mean, like the, they were one of the first companies when they were like paired with Bell back in the mm-hmm. 20s or whatever it mm-hmm. was in 10, they were like 30s. They like were told to break up because they're forming monopolies and all this shit. Was, and it's, uh, I don't even know how we're getting back into this. It's all these like, I think like, uh, not perpendicular or, or vertical. I think it's like vertical migrations or, or um, essentially like companies acquiring companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's the real, <laughs> like it, it's a loophole essentially. It's problematic. Right? Yeah. And, and, and that's such a big issue. Um, that started back with the oil companies because when they broke them mm-hmm. up, it was just all for publicity because mm-hmm. all of the family members of the same oil tycoons, they owned all the other companies that they broke up into. Yeah. So it's yeah. all it's all mafia style. It's yeah. all like the families yeah. are controlling. So, so it is happening. interesting to be like, you know that they have pretty, um, honestly, like fucking malevolent in, intent in, like, in messing mean, things do. up in certain in other ways, that. especially financially and especially like... I mean, buying all these companies, right? So it, it is interesting to they're think that... They're at least that, manipulating. I don't want right. to say if it's good or bad. Sure, I have no sure. Speak. I don't yeah, know. But they're I'm manipulating just, something. Yeah. yeah. They're influencing it. Yeah. And that's what I have a problem with because it's like, I love free market. Like, mm. I'm <laughs> like a big free market. I wouldn't call myself like a capitalist, but right. I guess that's like what it is. But it's just well, like no, free yeah. trading. It's like, I have a good, you have a good, let's trade. That's what it should be. Capitalism is different, yeah. Capitalism is strange because capitalism requires an initial investment, and 
according to the law of nature, you have to hoard in order to have an initial investment. Mm-hmm. Investment. So that's how they they did. That's how pre-Christian Europe ended up in so much fuckery because the landlords were hoarding the grain mm. and people were starving while there were warehouses of food. Yeah. And so that's the issue is that you know, it. it the system we have is so challenging now because the initial capital to build our society was stolen land and stolen people. So right. that's why capitalism is such a struggle, but that's not to say that we need less free markets. That's to say that we need more free markets. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it is all monopolies. Everything's monopolized. Right. People so like to believe that it doesn't exist, but it, it's... it's a fun game. <laughs> It's it's almost like I feel like free market and meritocracy mm-hmm. kind of go together, right? Yeah. Because I, yeah. the way I understand meritocracy, yeah. without it being kind of like created into this other way, is that like you're it's based on merit, right? You're working hard, you get, and it's kind of what you're, yeah. You the continue. cream rises to the top. But the it, but the thing that's different in in a healthy f- society, it. <laughs> it's meritocracy isn't necessarily it doesn't exist because value is not based on wage and on economic status mm. but value is based on community mm. and in right so if you are a wonderful craftsman you have a family and mm. you have parents and you have children and you care for your parents and your children and so there's this kind of like fundamental human principle that has really been lost that you care for your people mm. And so we have issues with meritocracy at this point because there's, you know, we're starting from this like very doctored economic starting point and we don't have the same family values that ensure that every grandparent has a safe place to die, you know? Yeah. 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 People really don't care about old people in our society. They're just like, put them in the home. I know. Don't listen to them. Old people are great because it's like they've had like <laughs> seven, eight decades I know, yeah. of experience. And so we just much. lock them away in these like little yeah. compartments. Children are great too. Children yeah. are awesome too. It's like both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. So if we, if we had m- stronger values as a society where eating dinner together communal eating is very important very yeah. important to every society every strong culture has a strong food culture mm. and when you eat together when everyone brings something to the pot yeah. everyone gets fed mm. and that's the grandmother wisdom that it, if one person has carrots and mm. one person have has have you ever heard the story of stone soup no oh wait so yes the, i have yeah yes, the I stone have. soup yes. story and he's like well i have some stones but if if you just had some carrots yeah and everybody brings something to the yeah. pot and yeah. at the end everyone gets fed yeah, yeah, yeah. and so the meritocracy model kind of goes out the window because somebody's value is no longer economic but it's their stories it's their laughter their right. joy their right. cooking you mm. know it, that's what we value mm. so that's what i'm interested in is creating creating spaces where people can share values that are wholesome that are free yeah that are joyful yeah <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> i think i think that's a a good place to kind of come to uh come to a stop or yeah. so i mean i know i want to be a conscious of our time i think we want to hit some open mics yeah. soon right yeah, yeah. i don't even yeah. know what time it is but uh thank it's you too for uh joining me so yeah, thanks so for having us this has been awesome yeah 
yeah. love talking to you. It's Absolutely. Like, this is a really good avenue for you. Yeah. I, I don't like normally do this. Style. Thank this you. Really thank fun. you. I don't really do this, but do you have anything to like, do you want people to be uh, pl- either plug or I do got you a Patreon. Think- yeah. Sean Ryan, ha ha, patreon.com. Okay. We got some sketches in the works that we're okay, trying to, yeah. we've been yeah. trying to film, but I dump water on my camera. So it's, yeah. uh, it's been a, it's been a <laughs> bit of a struggle. No. <laughs> do you, do you have anything else left to kind of say to listeners? I normally finish on that as well. Any, any other kind of closing thoughts? Trust yourself, forgive yourself, be compassionate with yourself, Mm. and you will find peace. You will find, you know, find something within yourself that is true and acknowledge what is holy Mm -hmm. and acknowledge when you and and train yourself to recognize the sacred when you see it. Yeah, because it's it's all around us just waiting to be acknowledged. And when you. When you see the world through eyes of love, then you find it everywhere. Mm. That's awesome. I would say listen listen to the most censored people on the internet. Because <laughs> there's a reason why they're censored. <laughs> the people that have changed my paradigm. That Dr. Arthur Furston started first in, it's the invisible rainbow yeah, that yeah, book yeah. is insane people like david ike he's a european or a british investigative journalist owen benjamin he's a comedian these are like the most heavily censored people like they're not allowed to have youtube channels they're not allowed to have anything interesting yeah and those are the people they, they yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so i would just say listen to censored people okay cool awesome well thank you so much again thank you all right thank you That's all for now. This has been Free Interviews with Nick Corey. If you want to get in contact, follow me on Instagram at Free Interviews. Talk soon. Free Interviews with Nick Corey is produced by Absurd Junk Productions. (laughs) 